Today I want to talk to you about common fears to public speaking and debunk them. There are a lot of reasons people hesitate to share their stories, especially trauma survivors, which is who we help at useyourstory.com, where we show trauma survivors how to use their stories through public speaking to help heal the world and heal themselves. And I did a survey over a pretty large number of people, relatively speaking, and I asked them this question. What is your biggest hang-up to sharing your story publicly? And we got a wide variety of answers, and most of them were, were pretty legitimate concerns, very common, but some of them I think were actually myths, inner thoughts that people thought were a big deal, but they actually are not. And these are things that I've had to deal with in my life, too, as a trauma survivor, a war veteran, getting out, speaking, sharing my story over the past 15 years. Uh, I've had to work through some of these, too, and I want to share with you today what some of these were and maybe help you just kind of take that brick out of the wall in your mind and bring that that wall of resistance down a little bit so you're a little more willing to share your story or it helps you to share your story if that's where you're wanting to go. By the way, if you haven't done so already, go to useyourstory.com and download my seven-step share your story roadmap. A lot of trauma survivors want to get into public speaking. They want to share their stories, but they have no idea where to begin. I show you seven very simple baby steps. It's a, it's a downloadable PDF, one-page PDF, and a very short video, just like this one. And I show you seven very simple steps to go through to start sharing your story through public speaking. And you can go through it at your own pace. You can take a baby step. It's very easy, very simple to follow. Go to useyourstory.com right now so you can start taking your next baby step towards sharing your story with the world and making a real difference in people's lives. So I'm just going to read these right here off my phone. This is what I'm, I'm reading it on. And uh, I was taking notes down as I had surveyed people the other day. And one of the first reasons people said they hesitate to share their story publicly is I said, I don't want to hurt people who would be hurt to hear about the trauma I went through because they didn't do something when they should have done something when the trauma happened. Uh, I don't want them to feel more guilt than they already do. So in other words, they don't want people who stood by while the trauma happened to feel bad. This is a completely understandable concern. Because you probably care about these people. They, they sound like they care about these people. They're probably family members or close friends. Here's the problem. Your healing is priority. Your healing comes before other people's feelings. I'll say that again. Your healing comes before other people's feelings. You do not have to live in a cage, in a prison in your own mind, out of fear that you're going to offend somebody you care about. Uh, my big question to somebody is always this. If you stood around, uh, you know, asking somebody who stood around while it happened, if you stood around while something happened to somebody you care about, why? Um, maybe, you you know, you froze. You, you know, there's flight, flight, freeze. I, we get that. But would you want the person in your life that was traumatized to stay traumatized, to stay less healed because it might hurt your feelings? If you were that person, I doubt that would be the case. And so I want you to think of it from their perspective, too. And even if it does make them uncomfortable, it's okay. This healing journey's about you. And not only that, it might, it might bring up some uncomfortable feelings for those people that were there and didn't do anything. But it's going to start providing inch by inch, foot by foot, pieces of freedom for other people who hear your story, who have been through something similar or the same thing you've been through. And that's worth it. The second one here is they think it might trigger them to talk about it. Okay, so they think if I talk about my story, it's going to 
trigger the emotions and the trauma and I'll be re-traumatized all over again. Uh, if that's the case, you're not ready to share your story uh, publicly or to go through the user story program. But when you're at the point when you can talk about your story without you know, emotionally breaking down, everyone's at a different pace, a different place. And when you're there, then it's more of a time to do that because that's a legitimate thing. Um, we, we really don't uh, want people being re-traumatized because they're not to that point of their healing journey yet. Next, I didn't think I was healed enough myself, so I don't feel I have a right to help someone else heal. All right, this is really common. In other words, you're still struggling with something because of your trauma. Therefore, you think, well, what right or credibility do I have to try to help somebody else? I'm still in this thing myself. Well, this is a very common um, objection, and it's it's a false one. Here's the thing. Just because you're not out of the woods yet entirely doesn't mean you can't help somebody else. Did you know that just knowing that somebody else has gone through what you've been through is healing for them? Have you ever seen a speaker on stage or somebody in a video, and they talked about something they went through, and it was the same thing you went through? Even Even the initial benefit of that is simply knowing you're not alone and that alone is healing. And not only that, but you need to understand this. If you're just one or two steps ahead of somebody else in that woods, on that path of walking out of trauma, getting out of whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're just a few steps ahead of somebody else, you can turn around and you can tell them, hey, step here, don't step there. You know, it's like walking across a minefield and you've made it across uh, halfway Maybe someone else is just now stepping onto the minefield that they have to cross. You can say, hey, don't step there, but step here. Step here, don't step there. You don't have to be completely through and out of the woods on your own to help somebody else with your story. You just have to have something of value to say um, that can be helpful to them. My kids don't need to hear about my years of abuse. I understand that completely. And depending on what this person meant when they said that and what the abuse was, that's totally understandable. But I also wonder, if they don't know what happened to you, how how do they know to look out for the signs of abuse that led to your trauma and abuse um, so that it doesn't happen to them as they grow up? It's just a question. I don't, I don't know this person's uh, specific details. But I understand they're you know not wanting their kids, and maybe their maybe their kids are little and they wouldn't understand. I don't know, but um, I I have a lot of women in my life, for example, who have been abused, uh, sexually and physically and verbally and emotionally and in pretty much every way, um, by people. And the ones that have broken out, um, uh, nobody ever nobody ever had a problem with them talking about. It. This was a common um concern, but it just wasn't something. Uh, that was too big of a deal, and they cared more about preventing their kids from ever running into the same issue and uh, having the same fate. That was that became more important than not sharing it or the kids not knowing what happened. My story affects others, and I don't know if they'd want me to share. Yeah, that makes sense, um, especially if, if it could ruin their lives, their families, uh, their careers. Who knows? That, I think, is something you have to take on an individual basis uh, because I, mean, I can't sit here and say you need to or you don't need to. But you have to, you have to measure and weigh uh, the benefits and the consequences, and is it worth it? Sometimes it isn't. Other times it is worth it. 
The more people know about you, the easier it is for them to hurt you. Okay, that's the next one. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a really negative, pessimistic way to look at life. It's not that that doesn't happen. I'm not saying it doesn't because there are some very poisonous, toxic people in this world uh, who will do that. I would tell this person to get new friends. And uh, if 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 you have family members that are the ones who are like this, get away from them. That would be my personal advice. I don't. I have this personal this personal code of conduct. I have this personal way that I live. And it is that that your blood relation to me doesn't give you permission to abuse me or my family or mistreat us. It makes zero difference if you are blood related to me. And I've cut off several family members after several times of giving them chances. And it I don't want to every time I give them so many chances, but uh, I had to get rid of them. They're just toxic. And this person, again, they said, the more people know about you, the easier it is for them to hurt you. Well, here's the thing, too. The more people know about you, the easier it is for them to help you because people can't read your mind. They don't know what you're going through. And if they know more about you, they can actually help you. They can provide you help, resources, advice. They can open doors for you. They can introduce you to people uh, that could become lifelong friends of yours. And so uh, it just sounds like this person has been burned. And I understand their pessimism, but that's like that's like having a quarter in your hand and only looking at the tail side and not looking at the flip side of the coin heads, uh, the positive side that definitely and also equally exists. Uh, next one is people would think it's a poor pity story. Yeah, I think this is a myth. Um, if you share about your abuse in an effort to help other people know they're not alone and talk about some lessons you've learned about life that are productive and somebody comes up to you and says, you're talking about some poor pity story. Something's wrong with that person. There's a jealousy. There's a hatred. There's something negative in that. It's not in you. It's in them. All right. And so that's a legitimate concern. But um, it's definitely not a reason not to share your story. And by the way, the way you overcome that is you don't just go talk about your story and say what happened to you and then stop. But one of the biggest keys to this is before you tell your story, before you share it, you think about one or two um, life lessons that you've taken away from it that are productive and could help somebody else who might be in the same position you were. And then then in that case, if somebody says, well, you're just telling a pity story, a pity party, a poor me story, you can say, no, I, I did share part of my story, but I also shared, more importantly, the lessons I took away from it that can help somebody else who's hurting right now. That usually shuts people right up. And if not, those people have ulterior motives and they're probably just poisonous people anyway so don't worry about them oh the next one is i don't want to cause trouble or division among family members that makes sense um again it goes back to how important is your healing um you know yeah it might ruffle some feathers and um maybe those feathers need to be ruffled and you know my, my wife had that when she was abused by her uncles when she was little and she finally came out and said what happened because she tried to kill herself in high school and um it ruffled feathers. There were family members that disowned her and uh, people who sided with, with the culprits, with the suspects, the ones who hurt her, as crazy as that sounds. But nowadays, she's she knows that she's better off not having those people in her life. And um, it really just shows you who's with you and who's not. And the thing is, when, when people are with you or not with you, they don't always say it. So you don't always know who's on your side and who's not. This would definitely tell you. And if they're against you, 
um, for simply talking about what happened in an effort to heal yourself, to not live in this prison of your past trauma. Why would you want those people in your life anyway? Again, if this blood relation, uh, that doesn't give them an excuse to keep you imprisoned and you, you so that you can't live free for the rest of your life from that abuse or live more free than you are right now. Again, this is just my uh, my unprofessional opinion, unprofessional medical opinion. I'm not I'm not a mental health therapist of any kind, but I have a lot of life experience and a, a whole lot of trauma I've been through. Um, I don't want people. Oh, let's see. I don't want people to think I'm just putting my dirty laundry out there. Again, same thing as the last one. Um, offer valuable life lessons that can help people to accompany your story when you tell it. That's how you dodge that. Um, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. Again, same answer. If, if, you, if you say, yeah, like me, if I say, yeah, I was injured by a suicide bomber in Afghanistan. I was burned second and third degree. I spent 14 months in a medical center where they had to literally scrape the, the burned, charred skin off my body with razor blades while I was awake and conscious. That actually happened. It was, it was hell on earth. It was the worst pain in my life. People will go, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for you. But then I say, yeah, but then it led to a career where I'm, I'm going around the world speaking, helping people overcome post-traumatic stress and deal with the traumas of their past. And I've written four books on it now, and I get to speak to them and make a living doing it. Uh, now they don't feel so bad for me, and it's no different with you. It could be anything that positive that comes out of it. I don't want to be criticized. In other words, haters. I don't want people criticizing me. Uh, you're not going to dodge that. You're going to get that anywhere. And uh, it's usually going to come, in my experience, from people you least expect. And the support, the most loving support, may come from people you least suspect as well. And, uh, you know, there's that dividing line where you're going to see who's really in your life and loves you and who doesn't. And, um, you, know, you know, unless you're going into politics, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to avoid criticism. In fact, you're on the chopping block if you're in politics. But that's not what we're teaching here. Um but, you know, with this one, you have to balance whether or not it's worth helping other people heal. Is it worth taking a couple shots in the arm, getting punched in the arm a little bit? But then these people over here don't kill themselves. The first time I spoke on stage, I was still covered in burn bandages. My face was still red from the second degree burns. I had a lady come up to me and she said she tried to kill herself last week, but failed. And after hearing my story, she said that, she doesn't want to kill herself anymore. And if I can get through what I'm going through, maybe she can too. Yeah, that was worth it. That was worth, uh, you know, taking the criticism of the other, you know, some of the other veterans. Not, I mean, 99% of them have been behind me, but there's always one or two that are in a bad place and they're jealous and hateful and they'll say horrible stuff. Um, that's just the way some people are. Um, but don't, don't be held back by the other crabs in your bucket. You know, your bucket is like your world and the people in it. And when you start healing and getting out of that, don't let the other crab, you know, grab you back up and pull you back down in the bucket, climb out and get out. Uh, the next one is the fear of being vulnerable in public. Yeah. Um, there's some vulnerability there, especially depending on what kind of trauma you experienced. And, um, the thing is people are, people tend to be very gracious and open and loving when people are vulnerable even in leadership uh, i tell leaders whenever i speak on leadership for different companies and organizations in the military leaders go first if if the leader is willing to be vulnerable a little bit 
other people then feel like it's they're free to be vulnerable as well and it's more healing and things are more transparent and usually get better results and so uh, being the fear of being vulnerable in public that's okay but if you're being vulnerable because you're trying to communicate a lesson or two that can help people um, that makes a huge difference next one is what will people think of me if they know what i've been through uh, number one uh, depending on what you've been through but most of the time uh, if you've been through some sort of trauma, what will they think? They'll say, wow, that must be really hard. How are you still here? Um, how did you get through that? That's really inspiring. That's pretty common. We live in a world and a society that's conditioned to think negative. And uh, it's just not real people just aren't that way. Uh, don't, don't trust what you see on social and news media. That's not how most people think when you're talking to them in person. Um, most people are very pretty down to earth, actually. You know, will they think I'm a monster? Will they think I'm dirty? Or will they think I'm crazy? Uh, some will some will think those things of you, and that's about, I would say, in my experience, less than 1%. The rest of them, they're either indifferent, or the majority, in my experience, is uh, very open and very loving and accepting of you. And they realize how much bravery and how much courage it takes to talk about something, something uh, so difficult you've been through in your life. The next one is, I don't want it to seem like I'm just talking about myself. Well, again, we covered that. That's why you talk about one or two or three lessons that you learned through your trauma, through your experience that can help other people win their battles. That way it doesn't come off as you just going around talking about yourself. Easy fix. The person who hurt me might come after me or try to sue me. Uh, yeah, if you mention them specifically by name, then you know there could be maybe I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't give legal advice, but there could be like a, a libel or slander or um, something like that. Um, I wouldn't worry about that though, just because if you don't call somebody by name, like let's say you have a crazy ex-husband who is abusive, and you you're talking about how you got out of that abuse, you don't have to say it was my ex-husband named so and so, or is even my ex-husband. You could just say something like. I used to be in a relationship where I was abused. That could literally be anybody. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer, but that could li you could literally be referring to anybody, and they would have nothing on you uh, as far as accusing them. So think about that. Um, and by the way, fear is your suspect's greatest weapon. You know, it's it's a terrorist's greatest weapon. It's it's a politician's greatest weapon. Uh, it's fear. And if we if we can make people afraid, we can control them. And I would like to encourage you not to be controlled by fear and know that on the other side, there are people like me and you, uh, others of us who have shared our story, and we're free from that. And you can be too. I don't think it would help anybody. In other words, if I share my story, I don't think it would help anybody. That's a lie. That is a complete lie that you are believing. And the reason for that is because, again, like I said, if other people merely know about what you've been through, that alone can help them. But then if you have if you have one or two pieces of advice that can help them climb out of hell, their own personal hell, if, if they're this deep down in their personal hell and you can help them climb up out of their personal hell to this extent, is that valuable to them? Can that help them? Of course it can. And it's my personal opinion if we have that kind of advice that we should share it with people. I feel obligated at this point in life now. Next one is I'm ashamed of what happened either what I did or what was done to me. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable. Um, again, you have to weigh the benefits. Is it is it worth sharing to 
overcome that and help other people heal? Or is it worth staying in that box in that in that prison in your mind? That's a choice you have to make. Uh, next one, I'd feel guilty for sharing because of who I lost in the trauma. Maybe like a soldier at war, for example. Maybe your friend didn't come home from war. I, I mean, my roommate was killed in war. And I remember hearing about it. You know, I made it home severely wounded, but he got killed in action. Um, I've never felt guilty about talking about my story or his story um, in my speaking. Because I felt, I felt I was more honoring him by healing and moving forward in my own life than staying stuck forever. Because I knew that's what he would want. And I honor him also by talking about his story and keeping his memory alive. So it's quite the opposite, actually, of the guilt, of the fear of feeling guilty for sharing your story. Uh, next one, who would want to hear my story? Why would anyone care? People who deal with the same problem that you've dealt with. People who have been through similar circumstances as you have, which is a lot of people. Again, who would want to, who would care? People who are trying to overcome the struggle you went through and overcame. That's who. Um, my story isn't as bad as someone else's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hear this one a lot. Or there are greater stories of overcoming than mine. You will always undervalue your own story. Everybody does it. Everybody. I mean, I was burned, injured by a suicide bomber, traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress, all this stuff. And even I thought this when I was at the medical center recovering still. I thought, well, I, you know, I have all these friends missing legs and arms and burn beyond recognition. You know, what would I have to say? My, I'm not as bad off as them. It didn't matter. I still had a sh story to share. And a lot of them didn't share their stories. Um, but again, you know, saying my story isn't as bad as someone else's. There are certain people that will relate to your story. And there are certain people who will not. You're looking for the ones who will. And every time you speak to an audience, whether it's over a video like this one or in a live setting on stage, there are people, whether they've been through the same thing as you or not, there's overlap. Like we, there are a thousand different ways to get hurt, but there's only a handful of, a small handful of certain issues that human beings, uh, that we deal with as human beings. And whether someone's been through the same thing as you or not, there are a ton of people dealing with the same issues you've dealt with and you've overcome. And those people need to hear. So it doesn't have to do with your story being worse than somebody else's. In fact, I hate being around people who anytime there's a great story, they just have to one-up it because, oh, it's, well, my story was even this much, you know, worse. Like, no, it probably wasn't. Most of the time, those people are lying anyway, and nobody likes them, to be honest. They're annoying. So don't be that person. Um, but don't, don't compare, don't compare your injuries to someone else's or your trauma to someone else's and put a value number on that. Uh, your story is yours and it has value. Next one is the fear of rejection or nobody caring. Yeah, some people won't care, but you'll find that when you share your story in an effort to help other people and share life lessons that help make your life better and it can make their lives better too, people will definitely care. Um, the people who reject you, they're in a bad place in life. They're there's something wrong with them. There really is. Uh, they, something about you becoming free agitates them. And those aren't people you want to hang around anyway, so don't worry about them. Um, you know, the, the fear that nobody cares, uh, that's a lie. People care. It's, there's no other way to put it. Like, you're believing a lie, period. And then the last one, 
Nobody will believe me. <laughs> uh, you'd be shocked at what people will believe. Uh, do you go on social media or watch the news every day? People will believe that crap every minute of every day. All right. And there are so many things that are untrue uh, that people will believe. Um, pe people think, well, you know, they had a miracle story, maybe. Maybe but let's, let's use that one. That might be a far-fetched one. Like a miracle story. And no, nobody will believe me if I, if I tell that story. Um, yeah, some people won't. A lot of people will. You know, my, my wife suffered from, uh, here's, here's a perfect example. My wife suffered from 34 years of childhood sexual abuse, the trauma of it. She went to doctors, took pills, went to church, prayed at the altar thousands of times. Nothing ever worked. I put her into a psychedelic assisted therapy program that I went through. And in eight hours on one of these plant medicines, her childhood trauma was gone. The trauma filter was lifted and it's lasted. There were no, there were no negative side effects. She's better now. It hasn't come back. 34 years of, tra of childhood sexual trauma, that filter over her life. She didn't remember life without feeling afraid of everything because it happened uh, starting at four years old. But in eight hours on this one plant medicine, it took it all away and it's never come back and she's better now. Yeah, that might sound far-fetched, but you know what? It's exactly what happened in her life. It's the exact program I went through uh, for post-traumatic stress and uh, dealing with a lot of the post-war issues. So don't worry about, that's an extreme example, but it's a real one. It's it's our life story. And so uh, don't worry about people not believing you. Uh, some will, some won't, so what? So again, I hope this has been helpful for you, debunking some of these common fears that people believe that hold them back from sharing their stories. And again, don't forget to go get the Share Your Story Roadmap. It's free at useyourstory.com. Just go to useyourstory.com. Uh, download it right there. It's free. It's one, a one-page PDF. It's a map and one short video that goes with it. And I teach you the seven simple steps th that you can use to get started in sharing your story. And the next, the very first baby step you can take comfortably to start getting out of your out of your shell a little bit if you need that and how to start sharing your story with the world at your own pace so you can make a healing difference in the world. Go get it at userstory.com.